Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I am so excited to be joined today from Vancouver with the current and outgoing, I should say, perhaps, uh, CEO of MEC. And for our American friends, Mountain Equipment Co-op is the Canadian version of REI, choosing very wisely to stay north of the border. And David has been at the helm for the last 11 years, choosing recently to step down. And it felt like the most appropriate time to jump on the podcast and riff about a really brilliant chapter and and time in life and an exciting chapter ahead. So thank you so much for joining me today, David. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. Thank you. So, I mean, where do we begin? Everyone can tell with that beautiful accent, you're South African. You have been in Canada for some time and you have been a part of an iconic Canadian brand for the last 17 years. But let's start back in the days of South Africa, if we will. Did you ever imagine that back then you would be at this time in your life retiring, dare I say that word, from a a Canadian brand having just led, led it through some incredible transformation? No, not at all. It's, it's, it's made a life moves in very strange ways. And I think if you're open to life as it comes at you, it, it gives you opportunities to go to places that you would never have dreamt of. Hmm. So let's go back. What were, what were the dreams of early days in your career? Where, where did you dream of going? My first dream was to be a professional sportsman. And uh, I, was a, I failed at it <laughs> completely. I had fun for a short while, but then realized that I had to start working or get a proper job. And my first job was a designer, believe it or not. David, what what sports sportsman did you fail at? Uh, I wanted to be a professional surf sailor. And I thought I was hot and I left university um, just a couple of months before graduation and thought I'd hit the circuit and rock the world. It wasn't that way. I was pretty bad compared to the best people in the world. I think my highest ever was a fifth place finish in a slalom event. And that was by far the best result I ever had. Well, let's dig into sport because I think it's a beautiful thing. It's obviously a conversation I'm very passionate about as when do you give up the you know, the athletic dream and chase a a paycheck because we all need to live. You have taken that a little bit further. And in Canada, we're going to jump all over the place in this conversation. You shared with me how, was it every five years you've, you've taken on a new athletic pursuit? Yeah, I've tried something new every five years. And, you know, I came to Canada in my 40s. And I left behind all those things that I used to do. And I, I have not windsurfed, surfed sails, surfed since I left South Africa. But I've learned to mountain bike, I've learned to ski, I've learned to kiteboard, kayak, and a whole bunch of other things that have been wonderful experiences in my life. And why every five years? What's the significance of that? There's no, it hasn't been a purposeful approach. It's just seemed to have kind of worked out that way. (laughs) 
And have you ever thought, you know, how can I take something, one of these adventures more seriously like you did, you know, back in your 20s? Or did you really leave that behind when you said, I'm going to take this fifth place finish, it will be the best and, and I'll carry on? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, you, you know, and, and often when I'm asked to speak to young people, I, I raise this point is that we tell people today that you, you have to follow your passion. And if I look back at my life, and, and by the way, I'm a, a great fan of, of Viktor Frankl's logotherapy or his philosophy on life. And if I look back on my life, I've always strived or striven to be of use or utility um, and value. Um, but at the same time, I've always maintained a very strong passion in my life. And those two have very seldom been the same thing. My career, my passion have not always aligned, but I've always had a very strong passion for the activities that, that have been part of my life uh, the whole way through. That's interesting. It's, it's, I think, the constant question of can I, can I be passionate about my work and, and love all areas of my life, or is my work a means to something else or you know more useful is it more of a utility player and i think it might be fair to say that your time at mec has introduced you to lots of wild adventures and outdoor pursuits it sounds like that you you might not have done prior to that has it been a blend for you or or have you had a lack of passion at mec david no, I, I, MEC is probably the only time in my life that my passion and um, uh, my career have lined up to the same thing. So that's what I'm saying is looking back, it's, it's seldom happened, but here it, it did actually converge. Yeah, that was a trick question because I really knew that it did converge. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. And it's very special to have a leader who has allowed them to converge like you have. So 11 years ago, you took over as CEO. And I mean, to know that you started your career as a designer in South Africa, you know, and now you're on the other side, having just spent 11 years in this leadership role, what would you say you look back on and and are most proud of your contribution as CEO? I don't spend a lot of time looking back, but I guess that the one thing that I can take with me is that we've built a brand which has been recognized as one of Canada's um, best brands. It's one of Canada's most trusted brand. In fact, Trust Index is based in both Canada and the UK have recognized that our brand is the most trusted brand in Canada. And we've, we've really evolved the organization as retail has been completely disrupted. And there are not many organizations that are hitting 50 that are still relevant and around today. Yeah. Um, you know, having said that, it's just as possible that things will fail if we don't keep changing. So, you know, as I step away from this organization, my encouragement to the organization and to everyone else is just keep changing. You know, don't get stuck in, in, in what you think past was because you're going to get eaten up if you don't keep ahead of the game in the consumer. Wow, well said. Well, then we don't have to look back and we can look forward and we can look forward using your formula, in fact, that in the name of, of utility and passion, how will you blend those two in, in what's next for you, David? Well, the, my future career is going to be doing board work and advisory work. And I'm, I'm really going to hope that there are organizations out there to whom I can add value. 
and I'm already in conversations with a number and I'm already sitting on two boards. So I hope, I trust that that will allow me to add the utility to the future and stay relevant and stay connected. Mm. But in terms of passion, boy, I tell you, I'm so looking forward to being able to get up and ski, snowboard, mountain bike, kite, whatever I want to do, um, depending on what the weather's doing outside on any given day. Enough said. That's wonderful. If you will make your decisions on what to do based on the weather, as long as you still get outside, then it's a good day. Yeah, you know, and the one thing that coming from a, a country where the, the weather's pretty much always decent is what you cannot understand. So whether you're in the sort of anywhere south uh, or sort of towards the tropics, subtropics, is that the, the psychological change that happens in a northern society is, is wondrous to see. Mm. And having access to all these different activities is fantastic. That's so cool. Uh, it is something we take for granted, you know, how wonderful it is when it does rain and everything's green and we get to, you know, dress differently and do different things. And I know that having spent some time in Hawaii, you wake up and every day is just beautiful and hot and sunny. And it's just a matter of how hot will it be that day. It, it does change your, your perspective on things. I, dare, I would dare not say I take sunshine for granted, but it's, that's a, a very fair statement. And then you have those fantastic days normally in, around like last month, this time of year, where you can ski and mountain bike and paddle all in the same day. Do it all. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah those are special days. Let's talk about um, your ability to personally change because you've been a part of the apparel business, but also you've been a part of the apparel business for, for many years and have seen a ton of change. You also, obviously, having taken on a new activity every five years, have had to change and adapt yourself. So let's, let's leave the professional or career side alone for a hot second and dive into the changes that you went through personally in learning something new and learning something new as an adult, um, which I think is always very different than learning these new sports or activities um, when we're young. And, you know, you've disrupted the, the way um, learning to mountain bike and learning to kite surf are are two crazy activities. I joke that I'm surprised you don't have casts on both your arms all the time if you're as proficient a mountain biker as you are. Tell me, tell me about the changes that you have experienced firsthand in learning something new. It probably goes back to the nature nurture conversation is that I've always been fortunate. Um, some people may say I'm fortunate to be uh, in sort of fairly interesting situations. Um, as a young man, uh, I had to do military service. And while I was doing that military service, I was sent into combat. And as a 19-year-old, that is a pretty interesting experience in terms of, of, of changing your paradigm of what you think life is about. And then after that, I went to a, a liberal university at the time of the change in apartheid and the discussions around the need to change. I lived, lived through the, the kind of tail end of apartheid in very close proximity to some of the people that were really driving the changes and saw it firsthand and saw some of the discussions firsthand. You know, that's a massive change that, that you live through. I then, in my working career, at one point, I've now progressed into um, retail management. And at one point, the organization I was with uh, 
allowed people to move from the apparel side of the business to the food side of the business. And no one ever did, because obviously you were leaving your comfort zone and your knowledge base and stepping into something completely new in the leadership position. And I was just getting so bored that I did it. <laughs> and moving into an environment where you, are, you have authority, but you don't have the knowledge was a fantastic learning experience. And then I, I'm sort of really boiling things down. One day I was attacked in the middle of the street by a bunch of gangsters and might freak my wife out completely, completely. And she wanted to leave the country. And I never did because I lived near the beach and I was in the surf four or five times a week. And I was doing a snowboard trip up the west coast of, of North America and discovered Vancouver. And I said to her, do you want to move? Mm. Uh, you really want to move? And this is probably two years of conversation about it. And she said, yes. And we came to Vancouver with nothing. We didn't even know how to mail an envelope. <laughs> and the result of that was that having come from sort of a very affluent background with good jobs. And, you know, to be honest, I, it, I after six months, I had not even got a job interview and um, we were kind of running out of money and, and things were pretty tough. And my wife left me and she left me for a woman. And that experience was a real, you know, sort of forced you to change and see things differently. But the cool part of this story, and I think I've told you, is that the, the woman was very active and we had a son together her partner and myself would take my son skiing because my wife wasn't really into it that much. And we discovered a, sort of a common love for, for outdoor recreation and the things we did. And when my wife eventually left her and, and you know, I, I don't blame her, but she was, she was really chasing security. So when my, my wife left her, the two of us continued our relationship. And today she's one of my best friends and she's the godparent of my, my, my youngest son. So the story in that is remain open. And when change comes your way, just don't fight it. Just be open to the possibilities. Um, so I've been fortunate in my life to have these things come at me. And just through remaining open, um, I, I've become pretty fit at, at change. Wow. You certainly have. And so I guess to the rest of us, when we're talking about learning something new, we add to that, you know, you've learned about different relationships dynamics, you've learned about changing business dynamics, you've learned how to ride a bike in new trails, and perhaps remaining open is a secret recipe that comes as a common denominator to all of these areas of our lives. I can't help but ask, you know, through everything that you have seen personally and professionally, when you look forward and in the name of, of David, always looking forward, what change do you think is on the horizon, both as a society and within the apparel and retail space? Do we need to be ready for, aware of? What, what do you think we are on the brink of in terms of change, David? So, Sophia, we, we talk, we throw the word exponential around, um, but I don't think very often the human brain can really understand the implications of exponential change. We live through it. I mean, if you, if you look back over the last three to four years, how your life has changed, how your use of technology, how you shop, how you compare, how you communicate, all these things have shifted massively. Change is getting faster, it's not getting slower. And there's a great saying that today is the slowest things are ever going to be. Hmm. Um, and it's 
difficult to wrap our heads around. And I think very often it's, it's, we make predictions, but it's difficult to really understand what is going to come at us because it's not one thing. It's a convergence of different factors, mm. convergence of different technologies. Um, and, you know, sometimes I look at the future and I'm really optimistic and other times I look at the future and I go, wow, there's a world of hurt out there. Mm. You know, if I look at the trust levels in society, if I look at what's happening um, in the Western world in particular, as people see their futures being less bright than um, the past, and even though we're still incredibly wealthy, privileged people, we're starting to close down because of the fact that we, we, we sense that there's no optimism in the future. So I know there's going to be incredible change and I'm, I'm looking to work with organizations that are at the front end of this change. Mm. And some things we can point to and say, yes, we know this is happening because we can see the convergence of technologies and social change, but there's some things we just can't figure out until they're visible. Yeah. And often we can see point B from point A, but we can't see point C. We have to get to point B first. So I'm, I'm really not answering this very well. Just there is going to be massive change. It's socially, climate change is the issue of our day. Mm. And we're already seeing climate change impact our business in terms of, of activity trends um, and disruption in, in retail habits. So all this stuff is out there and I think we have to be open uh, and we have to embrace the change as it happens. I just want to go back to Viktor Frankl. His third, the third premise of his philosophy is that, that life is tough and how we embrace difficulty defines our purpose. You, you know, I think that we have to be open to this, that there's going to be difficulty and it, those of us that remain open and see the possibilities will do better or fare better than those that, that try and hold back the way. Absolutely. I mean, as you were answering that question, I was thinking of the brands and the change that I have witnessed in my own life. And it, you know, I remember being at Lululemon when Chip Wilson said we would never sell product online. He thought e-commerce was just the worst idea ever. And yeah. I remember hearing you know, about how crazy Uber and Airbnb were, like, why would anybody ever open up their own home? And how could you ever possibly have a car sharing program? And, you know, this generation that's grown up in that just wouldn't know any better. They don't, they wouldn't think twice about an Airbnb or, you know, sharing a car or calling an Uber. I mean, you don't even call the Uber anymore. You just hit a button on your phone. So I mean, I feel, I feel so silly and that's just a, a brief moment in time. So you've said it right, that today is indeed the slowest things will ever be. Golly, this is very exciting. I'm going to make sure that in our show notes, we link to your book recommendation. You had sent it to me and I, I think it's a book for everyone to read. And it's an exciting time to know that we are on the brink of change and it doesn't mean that it will be easy, but it does mean that it might, you know, look in a way that we have never seen it look before. And I really love your note of going from A to B without knowing C. And so often we want to paint the future and plan for the future. And yet perhaps the most wonderful moment to be in is simply this moment. And for that, for this moment that you are in your final days at MEC, I am so grateful for you taking the time 
and offering sage advice to to all of us to be ready and open to what's possible. David, we wrap every podcast here with one final question, and that is today, what is making your heart beat faster? So I, I, this is a pretty short-term answer, but um, I've never spent a, a summer in British Columbia on holiday. I've taken a week off to go kiting and I've had some long weekends, but I've never really enjoyed the spectacular British Columbia through summer. And I'm going to have July and August just to revel in the possibilities of the place in which I live. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's incredible. We do live in a beautiful, beautiful place. And uh, I think those trees and the trails await you and your family to explore. So I wish you all the best. I hope we can stay in touch. And, um, you know, whatever boards you end up on, they're very lucky to have you. And go forth. Please don't break your arms mountain biking. Thank you much, Stephanie. Yes, we will remain in touch.